Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a cat over here, there's a cat over there, and the wrong one died, and the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. He is one of the best theater content creators out there on TikTok and Instagram and everywhere else, and he has performed in all kinds of shows over the years. He's gone viral many times, uh, more times than I can count, and he has told me he has some very hot takes on cats. So he's better known as the Broadway Bob. So welcome, Bob Bowen, and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Mike. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited to have you. I know we've chatted for a while now about having you come on, and I know it's been, you know, you've been in shows and it's been crazy and chaotic, but uh, I'm excited to hear your takes. But I always like to start at the beginning. So start me at the beginning of your cat's history. When was the first time you saw the show? What was your first experience with cats? Well, cats is one of those shows that made me fall in love with theater. It was the first show that I ever saw as a kid. That's the one that I remember. Um, we did go see a few at our home civic theater, but we went to the Broadway. We went to the, um, the winter garden. It was 1989. Um, and we saw, uh, none of the original cast was in it, but Lori Beachman was Grisabella. And, um, it was a show that just basically like my eyes just exploded out of my head. And I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And I love cats because of that. It's my first seminal theatrical memory. So how old were you when you saw it first time? Were you like young, young or? I was like 10, 10, 11. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. not old enough to understand all the chaos that the show's about. Right. I understood it at a level, which is why the show was so brilliant in my mind, because like a kid is like, ooh, that's fun. And then the adults who are actually paying attention to what the show's about, which we'll talk about, um, will get something else out of it. So it entertains at all levels. But yeah, I was just dazzled by the lights and the dancing and the I remember there was a moment where um at intermission the kids could go up and sit on old Deuteronomy's lap like Santa mm-hmm. Claus. And um I stood on stage to get him sit in his lap, and then I got too scared and didn't do it. Oh, you! So you? I was—I thought you were going to say you got cut cut in line, like there's just like, at the end. But no, you got too scared. I got too scared. I got too ner- too nervous, and I just—you didn't want to be the sacrifice. Mm-mm, no, I didn't want to go up there. I didn't know if that was part of the story, actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I didn't want to be sacrificed. Wow, <laughs> you were, and this is you know I I find it fascinating too because that happens and 
when I saw it the first time, they were still doing that, but everyone was going up to take their selfie with them. You know, it's like such yeah. modern social media version. But right. in 89, you're going up to just see him and say hi. You know, like there know. isn't this like Polaroid camera thing. version of this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think we had a camera. I remember when we were sitting on stage waiting to go on his lap, we turned around and we could see the band uh, and the wings. Mm -hmm. And they, and my memory, I don't know if this is true, but my memory is that they were like dressed in like garbage or something. Like really? they, were, they were hidden in the, I don't know. Maybe my nine, 10 year old mind made that up, but that's what I remember. I love that. I mean, I would hope they do a really good job of making everything feel like you're in the junkyard. And from what I heard of everything at the Winter Garden, that was critical piece of it. So there could have been like the, even yeah. the band, they are in, in the junkyard with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, I remember when they pulled the, um, the wall down to reveal Growl Tiger's last stand, which they, I've, so I've seen many productions of this show. Let's just say that I've seen the original Broadway. I've seen the tour. I've saw the inflatable sets tour twice. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen two community, I've seen a community theater production and a production of a small storefront theater in Chicago, um, where in that production, uh, the gal who played Grisabella, it was in this tiny little theater that like the front door was walking out into the street and there was like the L train was going outside, but it was a winter storm that was happening during the, the afternoon that we saw this performance and the gal playing Grisabella had to stand outside to wait to get in for her first entrance to sing, um, her first iteration of memory. <laughs> and when she walked inside, she was covered in snow. <laughs> it was so there poetic. I was but, it's very on brand, you know, like this, she's, yeah. she's returning to the junkyard for real. Right. So, um, so I've seen all the shows, but like, it's, I've, I think I'm always trying to catch that magic that I felt as a kid, you know, trying to try to find it again. And yeah. Sometimes I do, but it was have one of those shows. The newer version from Andy Blank and Bueller, or have you mostly seen I did. original? I saw the okay. tour. Yeah. That, okay. So you saw the most recent tour. I did. Amazing. Yeah. And you've not done it yet. Is it a, is uh, well, it a dream I, to do it? If I could play Grisabella, because I can't yeah. dance, which I think is part and parcel to the show. There's no, there's no touching. I can barely even touch my toes. So I think it's a matter of um, of ability versus want or desire. Okay, to do it. okay. <laughs> You're as I say, you got to be a mover, and maybe there's like a. I, I think even, I, I think everyone dances though, because I'm like, oh, you could just do Buster for Jones or. But it's like, no, right. Buster Jones still does Gus and dances in the beginning. Listen, if Betty Buckley could play it, not a dancer, I think I could play it. Yeah. yeah. You're ready. Or, 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 uh, old, does old Deuteronomy dance at all? Like, and even the new, like, I could do that. Not really, actually. I don't think old Deuteronomy dances in the new one, but you've yeah. got to be ready to sit on stage and scare children. <laughs> be very good at that. Yeah. So, okay, so you've seen all different iterations of it, and it's all yeah. been kind of a core foundation of you getting into theater. Yeah. And so what was the next show you remember seeing after Cats? It was the prerequisites that we all saw at our age. It was um, Cats, then Phantom, then Les Mis, then Miss Saigon. Those were okay. the ones that we saw. All the British mega musicals were the shows yeah. that were really the big thing when I was a kid. Um, but it was... Yeah, it was the what it was one of those shows that was just part of the the path. I think there's a lot of people who are my age that kind of followed that same trajectory of shows, you know. 
Yeah, I had the reverse. So I, I really? didn't see any of them because I didn't grow up really in a theater community. I mean, my mom is a music teacher and we went to shows, but not, we went to the touring Broadway and I yeah. kept going to every sporting event in Indiana ever. So it was like, that was my role. And then I occasionally went to one here and then yeah. I moved to New York. And that's how I ended up at Cats the first time is I said, I need to go see all of that classic, that whole list you have said, I had seen none of them. At, yeah. before I moved to New York. And so I yeah. kind of had that of a, wow, I probably should see some of these now that they're here and I live here and I'm down the street from it. And that's how I ended up at Cats the first time. So that's, it is kind of an interesting piece of where it gets you into theater for sure. Um, a lot yeah. deeper. It does. I come, it does. I want to come back to Cats because I want to hear your hot takes. But before yeah. we do that, I want to hear how you got into the content creation because you have a lot of fun on TikTok and you have had some things go viral and some things that, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, that have been recently viral and have been viral in the past and you've had a lot of fun with it, but how did mm -hmm. you kind of end up into this world of amassing your following? It's a really good question because I have no idea. I think, I think it's one of those things where, um, it's, it's, uh, it's timing. I think I started, I joined TikTok, um, right like at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was getting onto it and there really wasn't theater talk at that point. It was like mm. me and a few other people who were still on there. Um, and I think that people were scrambling to find some way to engage with a thing that was just taken away from all of us, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just happened to just like, pull. I didn't, I barely even knew what TikTok was when I did my first TikTok, like probably most people, but it was still like relatively new. And, um, all of a sudden I was finding myself connecting with all these people and some of them people that I've like looked up to and respected for a long time were all of a sudden following me and engaging with me because they're all home and bored. Right. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of happened. So I think I hit the timing, um, uh, in a, in a way. And also, um, I think it's just being, um, honest and yourself. And I think also it sounds kind of gross, but finding a niche, TikTok yeah. has a hard time um, finding like you're, you're at the you're at the you're beholden to the algorithm, which yeah. everyone talks about. And there can you can have the most amazing content, but people aren't seeing it because TikTok doesn't know who your audience is. So if you can really niche yourself and find a way to like and talk about a specific topic, it will start pulling audiences toward you. So it's a little bit of like um, being very having a clear understanding of what you represent when you go on TikTok. Um, and I also, I used to write about theater for like seven years. Um, I used to review theater and write about it and like the Huffington Post and other places. So, hey. um, it's just something I've always kind of done, but more in the writing form and then just talking about it and putting my face on camera was a new thing for me. And in a way I like it because it doesn't require all the editing and and you know, you can just be yourself and just talk and just talk. It's a lot easier that way, but yeah. I kind of stumbled into it in some way. Yeah. It's super authentic. And I think that's why it mm -hmm. lands. And I think that's exactly what you're saying is, is your you and you can tell it's not, you know, it's, it's real and it's, you know, in some cases raw, but also because you don't have to have that huge high production value clearly edited and spent days working on you can be in the moment and you can respond in the moment and you can yeah. reply to a comment with another video and have some like continued conversation. And the theater talk community is very 
um, amazing people. So like they're yeah. very engaging and really super like nice people there to really move theater forward versus it feeling like a, like a, a sale, you know, like there's some yeah. clear TikTok where I'm like, oh, I'm being, I'm yeah. being pushed to yeah. do this or think this way versus just sharing about theater to try to improve the community. And that's, it's a very authentic thing. I'm too niche on TikTok, which is where, you know, like you gotta be niche, but I'm way too niche that like they have no what idea is, who my content is. is. Is there niche this podcast or is this It is this else? podcast. It's okay. only this podcast. It's that's the amazing. only TikTok I have. I have personal Instagrams and everything else and, and yeah. for the, you know, for this, but I did not create one for TikTok. I only have the podcast one and it is, it's, it's a little, you know, what I make is meme based stuff, but I'm not on camera that often. So I'm, yeah, I'm too narrow, but it's really fun to kind of see how that, that goes. Have you had a moment in your, you know, influencing kind of career now that you were just like, wow, that really took off. And I cannot believe that this is what, what went viral. I mean, <clears throat> the, the most viral video I have, um, my TikTok channel is one where I was in our camper and I, um, didn't want to do the dishes. So I put like these covers on our, on our, um, sink that like make it look like it's the, the, the cover of the sink. So it hides your dishes. If that makes sense. It got like 2 million views and that's, that's the one that got the most views was that one. And I was like, I guess that's why TikTok. So, so to answer your question, that's the one I was like, really, this is the one that took like yeah. five seconds of like, look at this funny thing. And yeah. all of a sudden it went completely viral. So that's, that's how I'd answer what? it. But there are ones that are related to what I talk about that, um, that have taken off and I've, um, and sometimes it's scary, you know, you, it takes off and all of a sudden you get like really, um, you get a lot of visibility and with that comes, um, attention and it's a weird thing to say, but being on TikTok, you'd sound, I don't particularly love attention. Yes. <laughs> I love, I feel like I'm talking to my friends who love theater and when it goes outside of that theater niche and goes to like the broader mm. part of TikTok. Then it becomes something else and it becomes like you invite people that you necessarily don't want to engage with. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, you reach, it's a huge platform. So you're reaching yeah. all kinds of, yeah, it's, it's interesting too, cause it's, it is so much less a follower based view versus some of the other social media platforms where you get shared what you've chosen to see versus yeah. this is what the algorithm thinks you'll like based on how long you watch. So there yeah. is that, that will have a broader reach. Yeah. Kind of like, and then you get like, you get like trolls that pop up. I remember this yeah. time where I posted this thing about Eartha Kit and like the best entrance that ever happened in the history of theater. And it was great. And I remember it still sticks with me. It's so silly. This person, cause it went, it went viral, this entrance and this person commented and said, um, the only, the only grand entrance that I'm paying attention to is that um cold sore that's on your mouth or something like that. And I was like, what? It was so just out of left field and made me feel really self-conscious. And I felt bad that it hit me so hard. I was like, I am 43 years old. Why am I so yeah. about that? <laughs> I it always amazes me 
when someone has decided, yeah, like that decides to troll, like that they have yeah. spent time seeing this content. I was like, I'm going to post this yeah, to make this person feel bad. And they like, that's what they do with their day and their life. And like, yeah. I half the time forget to like something I enjoyed, let alone been like, oh, I'm, I'm ready to make this person think about this comment for the next 10 weeks or whatever right. that is. There's something to be said about people who that's, that makes them happy to do that. Yeah. Right. What's the, what's the reverse of that? What's one thing that you posted that you're like, this is good. And then nobody saw it. <laughs> I feel like there's so much like, um, I, I love like one thing I love to do. It's so stupid as I love to do these, um, these, I don't know even how to describe it. They're kind of like lip syncs of Patti Lapone. Uh, Patti Lapone <laughs> is my jam. She's my favorite performer. And, um, I do these she things loves where like cats, she loves <laughs> cats. Oh yeah, she does. Um, her and Angela Weber just get along so, so smashingly. Um, and I, I do these videos where I like basically like strip out her vocals and I sing as, as her. I don't even know what you call that, but, um, I call it the rare, the lost footage pedal upon the, the rare live recordings. And I work so hard at them. And I try to do them and I, and I have such a ball doing them and no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> so the least, like least, the least views. And I don't really care. I don't really pay attention to that stuff, honestly. Um, but I am just, it makes me laugh. Like the thing that I work the hardest at just does not get, um, people just don't care or the yeah. algorithm doesn't care, I guess. Yeah. Do you notice that there's stuff that is better on Instagram reels and than TikTok, and it's the exact same thing? Yeah, they're so weird in terms of how they gain an audience. I, I find I find I get consistent engagement on on Instagram for the most part, um, and but it doesn't really vary that much. And then I get like highs and lows on TikTok. Yeah, that's what I find. Have you done anything cats on TikTok? And if not, what is your what's your grand cats plan here after oh, this podcast? Oh, I've done comes some out? things on cats. I did um. I did something about, uh, coming back for COVID and like being excited to see cats. Uh, I think I did something about, about the, um, remember that news story about how Angela Weber was, um, working on his, uh, the film score of cats and his cat got into his, his piano and destroyed the files. <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories. I, th I think I did something on that too. Okay. Yeah. So you got a couple. You got a couple in there. I do. It's, a, you know, it's part of my DNA. Cats is part of my DNA. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, let's let's pivot now to the cats conversation. Let's yeah. hear all these hot takes. What's you know, first, I mean, I know you've seen it, but you've seen all variations of it. So yeah. let's start with, you've got a non-theater friend. Someone's coming to your TikTok for the first time. Not the troll. You got a, you got a non-theater friend. How are you explaining cats to them? I would say that it is an exploration of humanity, but that would bore them. Um, I would say first and foremost, it's a dance show. Um, okay. It's a show that um, if you're going to really bear, break it down, I think people seem to forget that it's more than just a musical. It's a dance review in a lot of ways. The dance is integral. Jillian Lynn's choreography, in my mind, is, is just as integral as the music um, and the staging. So it's a dance show about cats. I mean, what more? Like, I'm not going to lie. That's what it is. They that's introduce it. themselves and then one of them flies up into the sky and you got to go for the ride. And I think the thing that is disheartening is most people know cats based on the like the 2019 Nin- movie oh yeah and um they've kind of written it off but i've been like you gotta see like you gotta see like i want to take them back in time and have them watch the version of the winter garden they're like oh i get it now that's cats or the mm-hmm. tour that's going around but long-winded way of saying to your answer i would tell a friend who has an interest in theater but doesn't know what cats is it's a singing and dancing show with a lot of great dancing about cats and a junkyard. And that's it. Don't worry about plot. Just watch the dance. No plot. And, and there's enjoy. a, there is a beautiful, I, what I, and if I want to get really serious, you know, to me, cats is about, um, and I think even Betty Buckley described it this way. And I know that she has like, she's very, and I say this with all my love, cause I love her. Like she's very woo woo about things. And she described it. And I'm like, I kind of agree with, with that. It's about, presenting archetypes of human nature in the Mm. show and how they um and kind of the progression of humanity through their archetypes and at the end um kind of the divine kind of rebirth at the end of it and i think there's something there's something in there i'm not smart enough there's something in there that's profound that i think cats is more than just what we even might think it is i think it has a message in it yeah i so I, I love that because I think that there is, it, I agree with it completely. I also, though, part of me thinks there's no way that in the eighties they were thinking that deep about this. They were just yeah. sitting there on probably on drugs being like, let's do a show about cats oh, where we're going to have great dancing. But, but you're right. And I've told a lot of people, I think the reason so many people find a deep meaning and relationship to the show is there is likely one cat that is extremely relatable to you as a human, like there's one personality type or that architecture that Betty was, was mentioning that is you and yeah. that you can kind of relate to. And because you can relate to that, you can see how they interact with their family and their peers and you can kind of feel community. And then sometimes if you don't feel that community outside of the theater or just in general in life, seeing that can give you that community that you can feel. And I think there's a big set of fans that have that or saw that at an early age from the show. Yeah. And realize like, Hey, I can like, this is how I can have this. And just because this person is different than this person is different than this person doesn't mean that they can't all be one big happy family at the end. Yeah. And I think that that has always resonated really well with me, but it's also, beautiful. I don't think that they thought about that. 
Like it's so fun to like, I, you it's know, a world that was built, but there's no way in the eighties they were like, we're going to make sure everyone relates to these people. They were probably there going, let's like I, my first joke about this show, which is not anywhere on the podcast was like, I imagined how he pitched it. And I saw the, uh, you know, the X factor version of the show is with my interpretation. And it was like, that was the, the cats was the punchline of like, here's how we're going to make it different from American Idol and different from all these other shows. It's like, we're just going to dress them up as cats. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's kind of what went through their heads of like, oh, we got these cool poems, but no, like let's, let's go all in on cats the same way. We're going to go all in on trains. And we're mm-hmm. going to go all in mm-hmm. on all kinds of other stuff that he did in the eighties. Um, but it has this weird world that it built that if you really can, like I can have 150 episodes about this show breaking down characters and assessing their relationships and everything because of that world that was built. But yeah. I don't, th- I just don't think that much thought went into it. You're probably right. I mean, um, a broken clock is right twice a day or something like there was yeah. there, like they, they threw a bunch of stuff at the wall and for some reason it magically stuck. And I think, you know, if there's meaning there that wasn't intended, it's still meaningful. It is. It is. I, I think that's what's great about it, though, and that's why I've yet to meet somebody, and I still I'll challenge. It's nobody who's listening to this, but I've challenged everyone who has learned that I that I do this podcast, and I've said, and they say, "Oh, I hate cats," and I go, "Why? Give me like your reason why." And they're just like, "Oh, I didn't like it." But nobody has a real reason. No one can articulate why they hated it. Everyone can articulate why they loved. It. And yeah. I think that that's a really interesting part of this show is. There are plenty of shows I've watched, and I will not put them on blast, having been to a lot of theaters since I moved to New York, that I can say, I can tell you exactly what of this show I did not enjoy, and this is why this didn't work for me, and this is why this wasn't there. I don't find that in Cats. It's just weird, and that is what people don't like, potentially, mm-hmm. but there isn't that, like, it's still beautiful dancing. It's still really great singing. The set is incredible. It tells a redemption story. Like there is a little bit of a story and there's meaning behind all this stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. no, it, there's, you know, it's got 43, four. Where are we now? 45. I don't know what number we're at this point. Years of proof that it works. Yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't need to defend itself. It already knows that it's successful. And I think, um, I think it's also was helpful too. And you've like, just from a very basic perspective, it appeals to a global audience because you don't have to know how to speak English to understand mm-hmm. what's going on on that stage. It tells yeah. the story itself. So I think the fact that it's global in nature really gives us standing power too. So in a lot of ways, they were smart with like creating kind of a plotless musical that you could follow pretty easily just by looking at, you know, what's happening on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. There's I, the first time I saw it, it was a very international audience, which is, I mm-hmm. felt the same way of like, yeah, the kids can get it. If you don't speak English, you can get it. Yeah. I really want to see it in German. Um, and I know that it exists in Vienna that they do. I that. saw it in Stuttgart when I lived in Germany <laughs> okay. in 2002. Yeah. And it was in, a Broadway recreation. It was a great pr- production. That's, that is amazing. All right. Yeah. What are some, what are some of your hot takes on the cats? Like the characters, like who do you, who do you love? Who do you hate? Who are you like disagreeing with? Like, where are you with the actual? let's see you know i think that i think that mccavity is i think 
I think they've made too much about McCavity. They need to stop being obsessed about that dude. I don't quite know what the hell he's done, but they, they've made him into a thing. I think he, I think he needs to go to a therapist. Um, I think that uh, Skimble Shanks is hot. Um, very okay. sexy. I like, yeah. a, I like a train. I like, I like a train moment, especially in the movie. That was the one thing in the movie that was salvageable was Skimble Shanks. Um, and it's tap dancing. Um, I also think that uh, Mungo Jerry and Rumble, Rumble Teaser, I vastly prefer the Broadway version of that song. And I think that the yeah. London version is so inferior um, that I hate Mungle Jerry and Rumble Teaser when they sing that the London version. Um, and I think that they are just, they're assholes, both of them, like just complete assholes. I also have two cats of my own in real life, and they are Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser. They're just like spinning around in the morning, breaking shit, like getting into trouble. They're doing um, cartwheels and they do cartwheels, they grab each other's ankles and spin around. Um, and I think, you know, it's quite obvious, but I think Grizabella is one of the best roles for a, a, a musical actress. Um, and it is one of, it is, it is one of my favorite roles on the stage. And if I were an actress, I would love it because, you know, you get up to sing one song and you're done and you get yeah. to like steal the show. Fif you don't even have to like 15 minutes sweat. 15 minutes on stage in the old way they did it. I think the new way they, they make the, um, Grisabelle dance in the beginning in a slightly different costume. Mm -hmm. But before it was 15 minutes, you would come out a little bit at the end of act two, or, you know, you kind of scare everyone off. Then you sing little memory for a little bit and then you go back and then you sing your song and you fly up to the heavy set layer. What do you think Judy Dench would have been like in that role? Like what, what, what would your thought, like, what would your thoughts be? I, I mean, I love it. I think it would have been great. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know her ability. Cause like, I don't have the history of like her singing chops to be able to do that. I think yeah. that role, you've got to be able to belt memory at a level to belt it. And like, cause it is what it's the only song. Most people that are a casual fan are going to know, like they're going to walk in and they're not going to know anything else about the show, but they will know memory. Yeah. And so if it's delivered poorly, it is in a bad way, memorable. But when it's delivered well, it's unforgettable. So I yeah. just like, I don't know Judy. I know Judy Dench from more recent of my life. Yeah. I'm like, I, can she do that? If she could, I mean, she's incredibly talented and she was supposed to do it, right? Like that was. She was going to do it and then she tore like her Achilles tendon or something. Like, yeah. Like beforehand and Elaine Page stepped in. Um, there's actually press photos of her in the Grisabella costume. Um, she did. I, I think that, I think that she would do a good job. It, it wouldn't be the powerhouse belting, but she did play Sally Bowles in, I think, the original London production of Cabaret, like 15 years or 20 years prior to that. So she could have surprised us all. I just was curious because it's so interesting how that role became a belting powerhouse role because of Elaine Page and the fact yeah. that she stepped in and did, a, did her, um, did the team a solid. So, so yeah, but those are my hot takes. I love, I love Grizabella. I think she's one of my favorites. I, Sometimes I feel like an outsider looking in to quote Adira Van Hansen, and there she is being the outsider. And she's had a past. Mm -hmm. We had a um a cat when we first moved into the city, um, and we had this really janky garden apartment. And the first night I opened the back door, and there was like this alley cat that was there that became our cat. Like we adopted mm -hmm. that day, and it was our little Grizabella. She was just like you know 
She had a past. We don't know what it was. She might have been glamorous. Um, but and, you um, welcomed her in. But you didn't sacrifice her right away. We like, didn't sacrifice her yeah, right away. No. Okay. I want to. I want to <laughs> go back to. So, do you think it's an interesting take of like because Elaine Page belted it so beautifully that it became yeah. a belter's role? Do you think if somebody else didn't that like we have a different not take on the show, but like does that become less important into the the scenes and everyone's thinking about? tugger or mustafelis's dance number or mm-hmm. just the ball in general like i think so much emphasis goes on memory because of of how powerful it is but the, do you feel that there was maybe a different path for this show i don't I, you know i think it's hard to, it's hard to think about that show not being not role not being the way it is now um but i could i could see a world where grizabella is more it's not so much based on the powerhouse belt, but it's based on the Judy Dench interpretation of that song, you know, and really giving it that heft. I mean, woman won a golden or a Academy award for Shakespeare in love. And she was on screen for maybe five minutes. Like she yeah. can, she can walk in and like steal a scene in her own special way. So I could see her doing that. That's why I'm so captivated. Like what would she have done with that? That we would not have anticipated. Like she would use, the song memory as some type of like she would have turned it into something completely different hey i think there's yeah. so much emotion and fatigue of like this is all i have left that i'm giving you i feel like she would yeah. have leaned into that a lot yeah. harder it's so funny because betty buckley talks about how when she was cast in the role she they wouldn't let her they wouldn't want they didn't want her in it originally because she was seen as like the they looked at her as like this healthy vibrant woman you know and she didn't radiate yeah. kind of that sickliness that they were looking for on the role. I'm like, Elaine Page? <laughs> I don't see her. <laughs> She's like bubbly and British, you know? It, it, it completely. And I, I really think a lot of my, like, and we'll get to the, the jellical choice, but a lot of my argument is that I have not seen, and even Betty Buckley and Elaine Page weren't old when they did it, but I haven't, I've seen like really young Grizabella's, like yeah. in their 20s. And it's really hard to be like, Oh, this weathered old cat when they're 22 or, you know, 25 or even 30 and they're coming on and just like, you know, as much as they're playing it, it doesn't, doesn't have that, um, emotion of having, like, I, I go back to the 1998 movie and you had, uh, John Mills, Sir John Mills as Gus. I'm like, he yeah. looked like he was going to die on stage. <laughs> like he was old and blind and like embodied that versus a 20 you know uh, on tour a 25 year old coming out to be grizabella and i think that like they can make up for it with the emotion and the acting ability and the powerhouse singing yeah but it's like i'm like yeah go next year you know like the material kind of yeah the material kind of supersedes any like age thing and of course the makeup i mean i love that inflatable sets tour because it was so rickety rackety but the cast was so talented and i love seeing that the gal who played Grizabella, I remember, was also the company manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, they're keeping it lean. I digress, though. But I, yeah, I think it's a matter of, um, it's, it's really, it's really contingent on having a woman who can really deliver that song, you know, and I keep bringing up Betty, but you probably read about, she went through this whole challenge of being told she had to stop the show and she didn't know how to stop the show, but then she eventually learned how to stop the show. 
fascinating. I think, you know, with so much history, there's just so many ways it can go. And yeah. my, you know, I, my joke is I want to do an Edwin Drew style one. Like I want a version where we get to vote and pick somebody different at the end. And I'm like, there, why can't we have it? Like we've had, we got ballroom cats coming next year to, I know to what's your pack. take on that? I'm sure you can't about it with I others, but what do you think? Wait, I cannot yeah. wait. I am so excited yeah. for them to tweak it and fun. And it's such an amazing producing group and director. Um, I, I'm hoping to do all kinds of stuff with them next year when it comes and I will definitely be there. Uh, just, mm -hmm. they, they are a very, very talented bunch to like rethink this. And so I'm excited to see what they, what they're going to do and just how they're going to completely redo it while still having enough of it to, to like play off of the, Hey, this is still a little bit of cats, but it's different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have one other hot take of crazy. Cats. Christopher Jones is a boring song and I will always skip it. So you need to go on the Royal Caribbean cruise where they do oh. the Oasis of the Seas because he was cut from the show. Oh, brilliant. See, so you're I ready. Mean, we all, we all, I'm sure the show was much better for it. <laughs> they, that was the, that was the cut. They needed to make it a no intermission 90 minute show. And Christopher Jones was one of the cats just like, oh, we don't, we don't need him perfect uh that is a hot take but not a not a flaming hot take i think yeah, a lot of people I guess, I guess not i think there's uh there's some consensus there um okay let's do some rapid fire so we can get to the you know the real important question um if you i know you, you've kind of already answered this already but if you could go on for one night as any cat who would you want to perform this is it grizabella still i would think you know if they were looking to to um to be to cast uh to cast gender blind, I would be Grisabella, but then it would also be I. I think that um, Old Deuteronomy has some of the most beautiful music that that Andalic Weber's ever written. I think his little his little musical monologues are just so great. <laughs> Those are my two, and I'm a the, baritone. <laughs> so yeah, I always I ask this question usually saying like, forget if you can sing it, dance it, male, female, whatever. Cause I can't do any of them. So when yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about it, I'd be like, I could, I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't well, if I, fathom if I, doing this. If I had the, if I, if I'm based off of that and I could just like, I would love to do that and be able to do it. I would choose the, the hesitation. Uh, Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to do the turns and to do I'm the turns like, where that jacket and like jump down and go presto, you know, come on. It's great. I, my answer for the similar reason is I think it'd be really fun to do, um, Mungo Jerry because it'd yeah. be fun to have that. Like, I love the non-British version as well. Like the, the Broadway version, then you get to do it kind of with a scene partner. You get to dance with another cat and you get to do those cartwheels, which I can imagine if I was a child trying to attempt it with my sibling, like, which we would have hurt ourselves the same sure. way we hurt ourselves trying to be the three ninjas and whatever else we saw happening on any movie we saw. Uh, but that was my, always kind of my, my go-to answer. Or you pick something that's so vastly out of character for you because it's the architects. What's the one that's not you normally. So you can go experience the chaos of that other type of personality. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you gave, you gave me your least favorite, which was Buster for Jones, but yes. who's your favorite cat personality wise? Personality wise. Oh, let me think about this. I think. You know, I love, um, I'm blanking on the, who's the ones who sing, um, uh, uh, bomb and Demeter, bomb ballerina and Demeter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
I love them. I love their I love their sexiness, their sass. They know what's up. Like they have the best number in the show. Mm-hmm. Um I love their outfit. Like they're I remember when I saw it when I was a kid, I remember that it was the late eighties. Um, and these two women sitting in front of me, like were just dressed up in the normal outfit, but they had like, um, they had like kind of mohawks and like, like they were wearing very tight, you know, colorful leggings and stuff. And they looked like them. Like, oh my God, it's the cats. But they're just for like New York gals out on the town. Just so normal. (laughs) And I remember them like, that's so New York. So they're they're my jam. Both of them. I love it. I love it. Um, is, is that your favorite song? My next question is favorite song from the show. I mean, besides memory, of course, but yeah, I yeah. love that song. That That's one of the best female duets. And there are not a lot of female duets in musical mm-hmm. theater. That's one of the best. Yeah. Um, my fun question, which cat do you think would be the best content creator? <laughs> I think it would probably be, um, Rum Tum Tucker. He I would be, I, he would be out there, you know, with his peeps. He would be, he would be doing something with his like he'd be creating like a little cult on youtube i'm sure yeah i have i've thought about this because of like you said you've got to be niche that there's a lot of ways to answer this question i could see bus for jones cooking i could see victoria doing all the tiktok dances i could like sure you could see bum and demeter doing all the same type of you know back and forth kind of uh voiceover comedy dances there's just so Jenny many Annie ways doing knitting talk she would knitting show yeah <laughs> exactly skimble shanks is is creating something you know like the people that build all those like crazy things they're like yeah be a mark rober yeah there's there's endless options i mean they all could go viral they just need their they just need their moment yeah i love um, that okay important question uh i have argued at length that i don't think grizabella is the right joker choice mm-hmm. so are you going to defend grizabella or are you going to choose a different joker choice you know, I have to say Grizabella's the right choice. I have to. Okay. I mean, I, I, I know it's going against your entire vision for this podcast, but listen, she she has an opportunity to to she had some crap happen to her and she needs mm-hmm. a she needs a fresh restart. I feel myself these days with um with everything going on in my life, I feel a little bit like a Grizabella. And damn, if I wouldn't love to like fly up in a saucer and be pushed into the clouds and come back reborn, like that would be the best thing to happen to me right now. So I, I really think that Grizabella was the right choice. Okay. I'm very sorry. No, I mean, she still has more than half the votes, um, but it's just over half. And that to me is vindication that a show that has been around for 40 plus years, I've got at least almost half of the people saying, you know what, you're, you're right. There's, there's different ways. Let me ask you a couple follow-up questions and see if I can slowly talk you out of it through some, some logic and reasoning. Okay. If you're old Deuteronomy, what's your criteria every year for the Jellicle choice? Um, the one who needs it the most, um, the one who can belt the best, (laughs) (laughs) the, um, the one who I think has the purest soul, perhaps. Okay. And that one, one, I would, you had me Grizabella until that, that part. Cause I okay. think you could argue need and you can, I mean, belt for sure. Yeah. But purest soul, I don't think would be Grizabella. I think, I think she's lived a hard life, but she has a pure soul. I, I think you can be a, you can, okay. you can have been around the block, but you can have a soul that, that, um, 
you know, I think all the other ones demonstrate some, some kind of flaw and like there's greed, there's lust, there's envy, there's all this stuff. And Grisabella is just trying to survive, mm-hmm. right? She's just what trying about to Gus. What about Gus? Um, Gus, uh, well, he did a whole number that basically exploited Asians. So I think, uh, until 2016. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's living, he's, he is longing for stardom, you know? So yeah. So there's still some, okay. I can, yeah. I can He's longing it. for, he's, he's, he's not living in the moment. He's living in the past. So who's next year? Let's say we, we ask Grisabella this year. Is there somebody else coming back or who's next? Like, how do they make next year's choice? I would say if I were to look at the list of, and I have a list of cats pulled up here on Wikipedia, I would think Gus would probably be the most logical next choice. I mean, he is the one that, um, probably needs it the most. Um, and I think, you know, I think the rest of them would be, would be just fine. Maybe Victoria. I think she seems like she needs to, like, I don't know. My hot take is Victoria was last year's choice, and this is her being reborn. Oh, that's a gr- I haven't heard you say that. I like that. It was yeah. brought up with a Victoria in an episode. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on which Victoria. Uh, and I was like, I, I think that's, I think that's right. I think that she, that's her being reborn. And that's why she's white and pure and has her moments. Um, because she was last year, but I love the, as we think about this again, going back to, I don't think they thought about this at all, but we're only given one ball Yeah, and I'm sitting here going, well, who's next year? Who's the year after? What other Jellicle cats are out in the wild that we don't even know about? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that, I think that there's a cat that's still out there that we don't know of. I don't think these are all the cats. Because if I were old Deuteronomy and I'm looking at the list of people, I'd be like, Y'all are jerks. You need to get your shit yeah. together. And and then maybe you can be considered for the hobby player. Okay, so if we have a cat out there that's unnamed right now, what's that cat's name? What's your guess on the like I mean, these names are crazy. Um Snifflebottom. 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 <laughs> I love it. And what is Snifflebottom's story? Snifflebottom, um, Snifflebottom came from a very rich household, um, but then the um, the owner passed away, and Snifflebottom found himself going from a very high and extravagant life to having to um, be in foster care, and had to go around to all different houses, and um, and no one knew his real name because he never had they never knew what his name was. And finally, he just kind of lost himself after a while because no one knew who he was because he never had a consistent owner. But for a good chunk of his life, he was living a living a living a high. I think that's his backstory. I and he's I'm, really I'm good. In. He's really good at hiding. He sounds <laughs> like he's next year's choice. Like he's got the same rough past. He's got to yeah. come back. He's pure but soul, he's, ready to go. He's a little different than Grizabella though because um, he. Rather than belting his song, he he mimes aggressively. Oh, mimes! I was gonna say hip hop, but we've hip-hop? already tried that. We've tried that in the show, and it didn't go well. Oh, yeah, uh, they didn't. They have them the London revival. They had the London tugger, um, but yeah, yeah. I think they, he doesn't have to belt. Let's give him some other. 
yeah you know, some something like even more obscure for that maybe he yodels i think yodeling is good i think um maybe he's really good at, um maybe he's really good at like just doing a lot of jumping jacks oh jumping jacks okay or or he, he's gonna parkour the junkyard but could be that or he's just really good at he he's really good at choosing um choosing good books to read oh okay he's so he's, he's very on book well talk. read he's, he's on book talk it doesn't present he's, well on a stage but you know, if you're looking for a good book he will know exa- he'll look at you and be like this is the book you should he's he he has got you ready to go for yeah you got to finish your goodreads uh <laughs> your goodreads goal by the end of december and yeah so he's got it you, doesn't make for a good musical no no he is that is his magical power and it's so powerful we have to sacrifice that we just can't right. have people reading all all willy-nilly around here they we've got to get this guy out i think i need to do more cocaine to shoot to make up that story i think that's what i need to do <laughs> there's there is a um there is a group on tumblr that has a version of this not Snufflebottom, but they have a they either act as a cat or they create their own characters and they live real life scenarios through chatting. I've not done it. I have had interviews with people who were into it and it yeah. sounds fascinating. It sounds way more wholesome than what I thought it was going to be when I first heard about it. Yeah. And I think Snifflebottom has, has a life there. I would, you know, I, at first I love that they're doing, I think that's, I just, I, um, and that's that's awesome and maybe he does maybe i should invest some time in building out this character beyond the 20 seconds i've given thought to it i think when this comes out this is going to be your viral tiktok actually this is going to be the one that we both make and we're like this is it and then no one sees it <laughs> but i will um i will see if i can get i know some some there are the the one thing i've learned through this is there are some incredible cats artists and so if you've got, if you're listening to this and you're one of those cats artists, and I will shoot this to a few of my, the ones I know, um, let's, let's see some sniffle bottom drawings. Like, can someone create us a sniffle bottom cat and we can, we can have an image to go with that. I love it. I don't know where I came up with that name, but I'm actually, the more you say it, the more I'm like, yeah, that's, it's, that's, that's correct. That is the correct a, response. I have joked about this at length, but, and I know it's in the poems, but Peter is my least favorite cat because you have. The Rum Tum Tugger and Mr. Mistopheles and Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser and Peter. And and I'm like, you know, I, I need a sniffle bottom. Like I need I need something creative or crazy. I don't need Peter. Peter. I, I guess I you know it's funny in the the our our library that we have in the house, there's the T. S. Eliot book of poems. And I remember reading it, but I never I never read about Peter. Peter's in the naming of cats and okay. just as one of the, one of the, you know, they have the three names. It's one of the examples and the bus Gus in 2016 is called Peter when they dance in the ensemble. And oh, I'm funny. always like, you know, they're just usually not named or there was other names for that cat. And for some reason it was Peter in there. And the whole time I'm like, you <laughs> poor, you get to do Gus, you get to do Buster for Jones and you also have to do Peter. What's the best name that someone's come up with for, for the answer? Do you remember? I've never, uh, for the, like the, um, Tumblr. Yeah. I don't remember. They, they all had different, like they've created their own characters and it's like their own personas, but I don't remember any of the names. I'm oh, sure I, I, was asking, I was asking about when you asked like, what would the name of the cat be that if you were to choose a cat, 
Like oh, I've only asked, I've only asked that to you. I've never oh, I've never asked so that. Special. Yeah, yeah. No, I was um I, I like the idea of thinking that there are more out there. Because one yeah. of my my anti-Grizz arguments is is that if you are saying that there's her need because she's been away, then do we have a cat every year that's coming back? Like, is that part of how old Deuteronomy is choosing? And that makes me think, how are the, you know, what other Jellicles are out there in the world that we don't know about because they weren't there tonight at this ball? And then it's like, wow, that's a whole different story. That's cats two and three and four because you can start following all the different characters. I think that all of the cats become like Rizabella at some point, you know? Mm -hmm. They're like, that's not me. It's about entitlement and then realizing that life actually like, and then succumbing and becoming humble to the reality of life in some way. And they're not, I think, I think humility is one of the things that's part of the, the choosing of it. So that cuts the guts out. That's, that's how you're getting guts out of there. Yeah. I love it. This has been (laughs) so fun. Uh, we're going to, we're going to figure out stuff a lot of them. I can't wait to, to get that, try to figure out a drawing for that and. I have to come up with his. Uh, I have to come up with his introductory song. Yeah, what's his song? The style. We can have somebody choreograph a dance. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, the, you know, who's who's he's gonna have relationships with, or she, he or she. Well, I mean, we, do we know? Uh, that's still to be, to be determined. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, I, I you know, maybe I'll after this I'll type in a chat GPT and say write yeah. the lyrics to a song in style of an Angelid Rubber for a cat named Snufflebottom. And it says. Let's see what we get. I love it. We will share all of this when this episode comes out. So cool. Um, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. How can people find you? Stay in touch with everything you're doing and keep up with you. Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at the Broadway Bob and on TikTok just Broadway Bob. Um, I also have a podcast that I'm really proud of called The Sunset Project, which is about the musical Sunset Boulevard, which is, um not that dissimilar to cats in terms of yeah. people's love of it, but it is having a resurgence with the revival in London right now, which is great. Um, but yeah, that's how you can find me. Even more Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, craziness, which is, <laughs> which is fun. Well, thank you. And thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of the wrong cat die, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe to follow along. You can subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or any of us listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram threads, and TikTok at the wrong cat died, or check out our website, theroncatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.